0: Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. To my listeners and their extended family and communities around the world, we are living in really difficult times, be it because of health things people are going through right now, or it's simply just being isolation. Um, I just really want to wish you all the best and refer Shalema to those who aren't well. Podcasts are, of course, going to continue, but as well as that, because my weekly shear in a community in Golders is Green isn't going to happen, my more extensive discussion based rehearsed talk, I'm doing it on Zoom now. My email will be in the description. If you would like to come or be invited to it, please send me an email. So back to our normal discussion, or once again grounding us in our normal discussion. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayikra. Now for Varv Hirsch, Ray Vayikra is one of the key Parsha's, because his description of what a carbon is, or the idea of carbonos, often translated as sacrifices, is unique but powerful in such a relevant way, because it allows us to take an ancient um, idea that we have difficulty to connect to, but allow us to ground the principles in our own lives, even without their carbonis. So what, what do I mean by Rav Hirsch's rationale? Because Rav Hirsch does have a rationale to how the carbonis are meaningful and relevant. Now, I say rational not to imply that other explanations are irrational, but his approach is very unique. If you take, for example, the Rambam, Maimonides, who explains the idea of Karbonus to be there as a way of weaning the Jewish people off a pagan worldview, and then you look at Rav Hirsch's perspective, they're both rational perspectives. They don't require any metaphysical assumptions of spiritual forces or spiritual energies, which will be a more esoteric, more Kabbalistic view of the purpose and use of Karbonus. For Rav Hirsch, it isn't so much weaning the Jewish people off, but there is a similarity. Ruth Hirsch looks at it as an educational process, as a way of developing the Jewish people's worldview. Similar to the Rambam, but in a different direction. The Rambam, it was weaning them off idolatry. For Rav Hirsch, it isn't weaning them off idolatry, it is a positive move towards uplifting the individual. And that's what we're going to discuss. What is Rav Hirsch's approach? How, how does he explain it and how is it relevant to how I interact with my Judaism today? But we'll add a little caveat to the end, salt. Salt. We put salt on our challah. We have salt every Shabbos meal. Now, that salt is a cry back to the temple, is, is a sort of a echo of the temple service to remind us of the temple service. But for Rav Hirsch, it's so much more than that, because it's not just a remembrance of the way we used to do things. Salt itself has a deep symbolic importance, and thereby, hopefully, when you use salt this week at the Shabbos table, it will be able to have that unique flavor that Rav Hirsch adds to his idea on the parasha. So the way Rav Hirsch works his way through this is the way he generally speaking works his way through. He shows us the way we generally conceptualize an idea and shows us how that the language that we're using in our own mother tongue doesn't really do justice to the Hebrew term. I had a similar idea that we discussed when it came to the word emuna of commitment, or amen, or umnam, the idea of faith and how a word like faith doesn't really do justice to this concept that Judaism is trying to teach to the world or teach to the Jewish people. A korban sort of fits into a similar sort of category, because how do we generally speaking translate the word korban We say sacrifice or an offering. And for a both these terms really pollute or perverse the term. Because think about it, a sacrifice implies that I've given something up. I sacrifice something. I take something I have and I give it up. You sort of have that sort of idea, psychologically, when you delay gratification. You give up something in the now for a gain in the future. Rav Hirsch says that's not what a Korriban is. There's no cutting of the self. There is no diminishing of who I am. What about an offering? Well, an offering implies a gift. Rav Hirsch says we aren't pagans. God doesn't need our gifts. God doesn't, we don't give up sacrifices because we're trying to get things. So we, we sort of, we do a sort of trade with God. We give him this sort of animal, and God gives us what we want. He says that's also not the way. These are both very pagan ways of looking at the world, and that isn't the Jewish call. So what is it? Rav Hash says the only way to truly appreciate what you're doing with a carbon and thereby understand its symbolic importance, is to appreciate the language. Carbon comes from the word karaiv, to draw close. So before you even begin to discuss it, you already realize that both of these approaches don't make sense. To draw close is a positive move. That's not a sacrifice. I don't take away from who I am. No, no, no. I draw close. And if it's on the me, the focus is me, I am drawing close, well, then it's not offering anything to God. God isn't gaining from this relationship. So those two ideas really being pushed to the side, it isn't a cutting of me, and it isn't a giving to God. So what is it? It is a drawing close. So how does that make sense? It's an interesting point to point out as a caveat before we carry on, that Rehersch was, of course, aware that there was something deeply rooted in the human nature that was drawn to carbonize that was drawn to the idea of sacrifices or offerings. Because it's as old as the Bible, it's as old as humankind. Man always did this. Rav is aware of that. His, I suppose you could call it, novel explanation of what the Jewish people were adding to this story of sacrifices is that their approach was fundamentally different. Yes, the actions were the same, and today we find it difficult to relate to it, of course, but their actions may have been very similar, but the philosophy underpinning it was vastly different. But it wasn't vastly different purely because we're saying it is, but the laws and ideas that were intrinsic to Corbonus call out a very different message. So along the lines of that very different message, to draw close. To draw close, what is going on? You are taking something, an animal in this case, different animals representing different aspects of the human character, and you're giving it up to God. But not in a way of saying, I'm killing this animal, thereby I won't have it, thereby you will have it, and I will gain from that relationship. It's more subtle than that. It's I am taking something and I am elevating it. I am taking something that I identify with and I am elevating it. Thereby, I am attempting to elevate myself. I am attempting to elevate my own character and thereby draw closer to God." Thereby the idea is a positive attainment of a relationship with God. I am having an animal here and the goal is for me to uplift the animal. I, am, I can't uplift myself physically, but I can demonstrate it symbolically with the animal. The animal is drawing closer to God, and the same, by the same principles it inspires me too to draw closer to God. How do you draw close to an abstraction? Because for all intents and purposes, real as it is, real akin to a personality that Hashem is to us, it isn't physical. So how do we draw close to him? We draw close to him by becoming similar. The act of a sacrifice is demonstrating symbolically this animal is drawing closer to God. Thereby, I too want to draw close to God. I will inspire in myself to take upon myself principles, ideas that draw me closer to the Almighty. And think about it. In a way, that's what we're doing with prayer. When a person says certain prayers, he, when he says the Amida, Shmoyna Esray, he goes over ideas He says to himself principles and concepts that he is trying to reflect. You're uplifting the you by saying that God is the God who bestows upon me intelligence. I am recognizing, I am changing myself into a person who looks to God as being the source of my intelligence. Bringing up gratitude, bringing up humility, bringing up a relationship with other people that I don't have an arrogant view towards them because I may be more intelligent. Because I recognize it comes from God. So the very act of prayer mirrors this. I am drawing closer to Hashem with my prayer. The same way when they brought a sacrifice. Just to recap, the idea of a sacrifice is to draw close. Not giving up of the self. Not giving something to God. No, drawing close. And this is demonstrated symbolically with the animal drawing close. Something of mine is drawing closer to God. Inspiring the me. Educating the me. To draw closer to Hashem. To end with two points, really first of all, the fact that this way of looking at the purpose of a korban is such a universal idea amongst humanity. It's a way of humanity to draw close to Hashem, not just a way of weaning the Jewish people off. And what reflects this idea for Rav Hirsch is that the sukkim open up with the word odom, man, not Bnei Yisrael, odom, representative of this idea of its more universal purpose, not just a unique purpose for here and now, to wean the Jewish people off, but a universal purpose of the Korbanos to humanity as a whole, because the goal of humanity is to draw closer to Hashem, not just the Jewish people. So that sort of aspect of universalism is given validation with that first opening of the psukim. Just to give us our last, more grounded point of salt, because that's something we really do still live out today. Salt was put on every carbon. It was covered with salt. Anything that went onto the Mizbeach, so from our symbolic standpoint, anything that was being uplifted was covered in salt. And the language of the psukim indicate that it's related to the bris of Hashem, the covenant of God. Now, I suppose this is a very quick way of explaining a more complex idea, but the idea of salt both symbolically and tangibly give rise to this idea of covenant. The Jewish people are in a relationship with God. The world is in relationship with God, but the Jewish people have a covenant with God. And what gives the nature of salt is to preserve. That's what salt does. You put salt on ground, it preserves it. It allows nothing new to grow. You put it on meat, it preserves it. It stops decay. What is decay? Once again, it is something growing anew from the thing you're dealing with. The nature of salt being around the carbonics is to give this idea of immutability to our relationship with God. Nothing changes that. That covenant that Hashem placed with us, gave to us, doesn't change. We develop within it, we work within it, but it doesn't change. Now that salt that we do or we use Friday night on our challah, is a call back to that idea of covenant with Hashem, it being immutable, it doesn't change. So how we bring our korbanos, what korbanos the Jewish people would bring, a lot of it would be up to their personal, I suppose, desire, or what they personally felt they needed to express by way of their relationship with God. But it was always covered in salt. It was always covered in this idea of immutability. So we discussed what a carbon is. We discussed the idea of drawing close, we sort of refuted general translations we spoke about what a carbon is by way of drawing closer to Hashem, and how this was open up to the whole of humanity, and how salt was just one aspect of it that we still use today, that idea of immutability in our relationship with Hashem. Yes, there's a huge amount of it that's up to the personal creativity and self-development of the individual about how he approaches Hashem, but it's always encased in this idea of the covenant we have with God that doesn't change. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful Shabbos.